Coming up on today's episode, Star Wars legend David Prowse has passed away, DuckTales is ending after just three seasons, and Warner Brothers just might be changing the film industry forever. All that and more, plus our featured film discussion on Guardians of the Galaxy, on today's Plus or Bust. Why are you looking at my notes? <laughs> Why are you looking at my notes? You <laughs> wanted me to pay attention, so I put my phone down. Welcome to episode 12 of Plus or Bust, a Disney podcast where each week we watch a random movie on Disney Plus and decide whether we would recommend it a plus or not a bust. My name is Matt, and joining me today are my co-hosts, my sister Nikki. Hello. My brother Brady. Yellow. And I guess my wife hers is here too. Hello. <laughs> you guess? I guess. You guess you'll let me talk? Yeah. You can't cut my mic. I wish I could. Um, (laughs) So, we're recording this on Sunday because a bunch of shit came up and we're recording it late. So it's coming up late again. This will be the third week in a row. Fourth week? I don't remember. It's been a long time since it's been late. I think I might have to just change it to episode uploaded on Wednesday (laughs) instead of Monday because it's been late every single week. But, sorry it's late. Um, also, Nikki. Yes. It's your birthday tomorrow. By the time it this is. is up, by the time well, this is up, it'll be past your birthday. Yes, it will be past my birthday. And How old are you going to be? I'm going to be 28. 28. Okay, that's what I thought. I You're heard. supposed to lie. And there's still no she baby. She has no reason to lie. She doesn't look like she's 28. She could still pass for 21. Don't so lie to you, her. No, maybe not. 21. 21 with a baby. So, unfortunately, the next one. <laughs> Episode might be late too. <laughs> Every episode is just going to be late forever. That's what I'm saying. I think I should make an executive decision and just make it Wednesday. We're early enough in the podcast where I can change the date to sure. where you can expect it. Do whatever makes you happy. I'm not saying it makes me happy. It's just something that might have to be done. Well, do whatever you got to do. Okay. Well, now I have to do the news. So let's get it. In- <coughs> Chris has the virus. Stop it. Don't oh, no. Me. Don't say that. I Has know, she been sneezing? I'm trying to hold my stuff she, back. She, yeah, but she sneezes every day of her life. Yeah, remember she's sneezy. She's fine, sneezy. I do sneeze a lot. I usually have a sneezing. All right. You should see the tissues on the side of my room. And it's oh, not for anything. Allergies. And it's not for anything fun. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> wow. All right, I'm going to talk about things now that are not related to that. Are you? Yes, I'm going to do all the sad ones first. Oh so that we can end on a high note. I'm already crying. I don't know why you looked at me. I wasn't telling you to stop. All right. David Prowse, the actor best known for playing the on-screen suited version of Darth Vader in the original Star Wars trilogy, has passed away at the age of 85. Prowse's agent, Thomas Bowington, called the actor's death after a short illness a truly and deeply heart-wrenching loss for us and millions of fans all over the world. According to Prowse's daughter, the actor died of complications related to the COVID-19 virus. Okay, so David Prowse, he was 85 years old, and he suffered from, I believe, Alzheimer's, so he was already getting to that point. What? Why are you laughing? Because you're like, he's already what? Like he was well, he was already die? in bad health. He was already in bad okay. health before he got COVID-19. But it's incredibly sad that he has passed away, because David Prowse is Vader when he's on screen most of the time, right? So... He doesn't always get the 
respect that he deserves for playing that character because everybody thinks of James Earl Jones because he provides the voice. And when Vader is unmasked at the end of Return of the Jedi, he is played by Sebastian Shaw. So Prowse doesn't get the kind of respect that he deserves. But without Prowse, David would not... David. David is Prowse. Without (laughs) Prowse, Vader would not be what he is because Vader... When you look at him on screen, he just has such a presence about him. Like, he is so intimidating, that character. When, by all accounts, it shouldn't work. He's wearing a goofy mask. He's got a goofy cape. He's got that, like, breathing. Like, Vader shouldn't be threatening. But because of the way he carries himself and the combination of James Earl Jones' voice, Vader is a very scary villain. And that wouldn't have been possible without David Prowse. So I think it's a big loss for Star Wars. And it's just one more of the original actors in the original film that are gone there's not very many left and uh i mean the movie's over 40 years old so it's just it's just sad to think about it's just sad to think about there's only a few left (sighs) may the force be with you mr press moving on to less sad news but also sad news hong kong disneyland is closing for a third time after a new wave of covid19 cases causes the hong kong government to re-implement harsher health restrictions Those restrictions were like 75 new cases and they decided to shut all of Hong Kong down, including Hong Kong Disneyland. So there you go. Um, Disney basically said they're just going to capitulate with whatever the government wants them to do and they'll reopen when they can. That was basically their official statement. So So they're just to be cautious and that's what the government there wanted. Right, right. As we've talked about before. Every other country is taking this way more serious than us. So Hong Kong was like, we not that many cases, but enough to where we feel like people probably shouldn't be going to a theme park. So closed again. Now there are three Disney parks of the six that are closed. So Disneyland, Disneyland Paris and Hong Kong Disneyland. Correct. Walt Disney World, are Tokyo. Open before us too. <laughs> yes, they are. They will all reopen before us. Yes. Well, Paris is supposed to open in a it's like a week, right? Yeah. I think it's, it's supposed to open before Christmas. Yeah, and then only be open for a few. Like a week. I'm just saying, yeah. chances are they'll all open before California. Yeah. California's not open. Yeah, I know. Just I there. said they'll all open before California. Yeah. Well, yeah, they have to because California's not ever opening. Oh. Right. Well, R.I.P. Since we're, since we're, Disneyland. Since we're talking about that, let's weave that into this. I didn't write this down, but we just found out that Disneyland, uh, downtown Disneyland in at the downtown Disneyland, Disneyland? Res- downtown Disney at the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim, um, because of again harsher COVID restrictions, they have to close all of their food dining establishments i guess they're getting rid of all the food carts yeah so yeah. disney disney is closing all of their <clears throat> dining establishments. yeah all the disney run dining um third party dining can still be open for takeout oh no you can't eat it there you have to take it home yeah right. it's takeout only right and disney is opting to just close everything including all the food carts which would be takeout anyway well sort of but People will want to eat them there. Right. So I think that's why they're yeah, they don't want, cutting the middleman. They don't want people walking around with churros. I get it. Do you, uh, that is, what? Okay. I'm not going to argue with you. I just think you should be able to walk around with a churro. What the fuck? Like, they don't I'm want you sorry. to have your mask down. I, I get it. But if you're stationary or if there's like a few tables to eat a churro real quick, I think 
sit down restaurants fine close that but like you can't have a snack that seems a little silly no snacks obviously (laughs) no snacks (laughs) no snacks allowed at disneyland a place famous for its snacks at least not for now oh yeah they're supposed to be like forlowing even more cast members because of it i would well yeah i mean if they can't there's at least three weeks that they're not allowed to that they're not going to be allowed to um sell food hopefully for our sake well, for your sake, it only is three weeks. Yeah. Ours is even longer. Ours goes until January 4th. I think theirs is supposed to, I think the one in LA is set to end on like the 20th of December, but they're probably going to extend that one too. So, did, did you have anything else you want to say or did you get it out of your system? I just think we should be able to walk around with a chair off. Sure. Keep some people employed, but it is what it is, I guess. Sure. No, I don't. I think it's silly too. I think oh, okay. it's silly too. Good. Because that basically is takeout. Like, yeah, that is takeout. Right. Like, I know that they. I, the idea <laughs> is that they don't want you walking around with your mask off. And people will do that because people are. Yeah. You know, people are people. They had to make a fucking point of it in uh, Walt Disney World by changing yeah. the announcement because people were walking around Epcot, food and wine, just yeah. not oh, with sure a mask on. Oh, and they're doing it. No, they probably are because I'm sure they're not enforcing it as much. As, I mean, they are, but they aren't. You can't stop everybody, yeah, basically. Yeah, there's like. The guests outnumber the cast members like a hundred to one or something. So yeah, there's. I'm sure that the, you just you can't stop everybody. But I just I think it's a little silly that you can't that all the food carts have to close too. Like restaurant, sure, you don't want people sitting, whatever. But I should love, be able to have popcorn. I love how Diddy's Diddy Diddy Diddy, Diddy Kong. Diddy Kong. <laughs> I love how Disney. I just I've got I've got Nintendo on the brain. I love how Obviously. Disney is being so petty about it that they're like, fine, we're not even going to do takeout. We're just closing all our restaurants. You well, they're not allowed. You're not allowed to, to eat. You're not allowed to eat anywhere. In-person yeah. dining is not allowed. I know, but, so. the, but the third party restaurants can do takeout if they want. Yeah. So how, how are Disney they can do take petty? Disney can do oh, takeout. Oh, they could do takeout. Yeah. 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 Carthay yeah. could have done takeout. You mean, true. you mean to tell me they couldn't just wrap up the fucking no, burgers from true. Smoke Jumpers and <laughs> do takeout? Right. And take out all the tables and chairs so that people yeah. can't like sit. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm just saying to me, it seems like, well, fine. We're not going to capitulate mean, maybe, with any of your. Maybe if they feel like the food revenue is like not there at all. Or, well, I mean, it won't be there at all. But if they feel like they are really taking a hit because of the food revenue being gone, maybe they will. Yeah, we'll see. It's a nightmare. This whole year is a nightmare. It is. Speaking of nightmares, on Wednesday, December 2nd, after the hashtag RenewDuckTales2017 went trending on Twitter, animation insider Drew Taylor, a man I would die for, (laughs) broke the news that sadly DuckTales would be ending after the current third season finishes in 2021. Drew wrote, DuckTales has been finished for a little while now. Last September, the team was informed that the show was over and they began closing up shop. The wonderfully talented crew has already begun working on other shows. For example, Dana Terrace, who directed a handful of the very best DuckTales episodes, now has her own brilliant series on Disney Channel, The Owl House. Late to the party as always, after a few days, Disney did release an official statement confirming that yes, the show was ending. The talented creative team led by Matt Youngberg and Francisco Agonese have delivered exceptional storytelling with unique reimagined characters for three seasons of 75 episodes and more than 15 shorts. While physically production has wrapped, DuckTales continues to be available on Disney Channel and Disney Plus around the world, and fans will get an epic season finale in 2021. That's what Disney had to say about it. So, 
Very sad. This sucks. It really sucks. I really, really like the new DuckTales. And it's Disney's own fault that it doesn't... They moved it to Disney XD from Disney Channel, and Disney XD just doesn't get the numbers that... Mm. Every show that they've ever moved from Disney Channel to Disney XD gets canceled. Mm. Because not as many people have Disney XD. Yeah, because it's like a premium channel. Yeah. You have to, like, add it on. Like, you don't... When you have Disney Channel, it doesn't mean you have Disney XD. Right, So That's a bummer. The silver lining to this is that the team did know ahead of time, so I'm sure they were able to end it the way they wanted to. Mm. But I'm... I mean, they probably didn't want to only have three seasons. Very few shows do, so... I know, they probably have at least four. Yeah, the original had four. Four. So, yeah, it it sucks. I really like that show. Um, We are getting the Darkwing Duck reboot uh, it's by a completely different team though so we'll see how that goes but rest in peace ducktales sorry yeah it sucks ducktales and gravity falls at least gravity falls ended when hirsch wanted to anyway speaking of things that are ending uh radio disney is shutting down but you didn't even know it was still around after 25 years radio disney will end all broadcasting in the first quarter of 2021 this was announced in a statement released by president and chief creative officer of disney brand television gary marsh he said Radio Disney and Radio Disney Country, another channel I didn't know existed, will cease operations in the first quarter of 2021. The difficult decision to close these two radio networks coincided with Disney's recently announced structural changes that call for Disney-branded television to sharpen its focus and increasing production on kids and family content for Disney Plus and Disney channels. It continues, division leaders also took into account the fast-evolving media environment that provides more personalized music choices than ever to generate to generations of young consumers, and the ongoing public health crisis that continues to affect in-person music events. Rest in peace, Radio Disney. Are they still putting on concerts or something? I don't understand. Who cares? So once again, more people are losing their jobs. Yeah, it's like 30-something. It's only like 30-something people, but that's still 30-something people that are out of a job. Only 30-something people worked on radio. Yeah, but a small amount of people. But do you know how hard it is to get into radio? Those people were probably thrilled well, to have that who's job. Who's in radio anymore? Radio's a dying. They did an episode of One Day at Disney, which is so sad that they did this episode. Now they're fired on one of the DJs for Radio Disney, oh. and she seemed to love her job. Oh. I mean, it's sad, of course. I'm just saying, like, this is, they had to have known at some point that Radio Disney was going to come to an end because radio is not exactly a thriving... Uh, what is it called? Thriving service market. Sure, market. Whatever it is. What is radio? Radio is <laughs> radio is media. nothing. I the same song is on your in your car every time I get in it. So yeah. <laughs> we encourage everybody to go watch the um, whose video was it? Was um it was Rob Midway Rob. to Main Street? Midway to Main Street. He made a video on the beginning of Radio Disney, and when you watch it, you'll understand that this is just Disney getting its karma. Go watch it to find out what I mean. (laughs) You should watch it, but to sum it up, basically Disney partnered with another radio station and then basically learned everything they needed to know from that radio station to make their own radio station and put that other radio station out of business. Kind of like what they did with- The um, cruise line? (laughs) And uh, Netflix and- um, Netflix is not going out of business. Didn't they do that with- They didn't do that with Parks. Disney does this all the time. Anyway, yeah. Uh- fucking the void is probably another victim of that they teamed up with the yeah, void the probably. void is void is dead now and then i bet you they're gonna a, come out with a few own. years from now they're gonna have their own vr experience absolutely disney does this all the time so yes uh it is sad that radio disney is ending because i'm sure lots of kids listen to it we went to a radio disney concert once do you remember that nikki 
Yeah, I do, Dad. It was through Free to Lay. Yeah, he took a. I don't remember who played. <laughs> um, happily very good. It was some boy band. It was some. What was it? Heiko. Oh, I don't. It was some boy band, right? Yeah, some boy band and her maybe. 98 degrees or something. I, I was not 98 degrees. It was not a big enough concert for that. <laughs> I was just trying to name the least popular O Town, maybe. Oh, uh, maybe O Town. Hey, it could have hey, been O Town. Hey, hey, hey. Are they I the ones? O-Town. Are they the ones that do We Like Girls That Wear Abercrombie Fit Chinese yes, Food? Make me so. sick. What an awful song. Um, and they also, and then we watched Quince, the Disney yes. Channel movie Quince. We watched it on our big screen. So mm-hmm. that was fun. We went to a Radio Disney event. Uh, so, yeah, rest in peace. All right. Well, that's the end of the sad news. Um, we're going to talk about Hawkeye again, I guess. Uh, Hawkeye has found its Kate Bishop after a not-so-subtle hint that was posted on Instagram. Collider reports that, yes, Haley Steinfeld has been cast as Kate Bishop in the upcoming Hawkeye series on Disney+. Plus. Haley Bishop. Or Haley Bishop. Haley Bishop. That's a combination of both names. Uh, Haley Steinfeld was in Bumblebee, and she voiced... Spider Gwen in Into the Spider Verse. They also her ca- main her main role is Pitch Perfect, though. Oh, is that what she's from? She was nominated for an Oscar for something. She's from Pitch Perfect too. I should have wrote what she was nominated for. Anyway, they also hired some other actors. I don't remember everybody, but um, the important one is that Florence Pugh is going to be in it, and she is playing Natasha Romanoff's sister in Black Widow, a movie that might have more to do with this show than we originally thought. So. Mm. So excited! <laughs> we we saw them. We excited. There's there's footage of her and Jeremy Renner like getting on a bus, like being filmed. Anyway, that's yeah, they have a dog. They have a dog, which is from the from the comics, Pizza Dog. Yeah, I think his name is Lucky. Uh, yes. Yeah, Pizza Dog. People were very people were more excited about the dog than they were about seeing Kate Bishop, which I thought was weird. People do love dogs. Yes. Anyway, the last thing that we have here is uh, not necessarily Disney related, but I think that it is going to have huge implications on what Disney does in the future. So Warner Brothers has announced that starting in 2021, they will be making all 17 of their theatrically released movies that year available concurrently for a one month exclusive window on HBO Max at no additional cost to HBO Max subscribers. After the one month window is over, the films will finish their theatrical runs both in the US and internationally. And after that, they will eventually end up on HBO Max again, probably after Blu-ray and digital releases of some kind are released. This is um, a very big move from a very big company that could have seismic changes of the entire industry. I think that we're not going to see. I think that the time for the big budget film is coming to an end. Ah. Like They're not going to spend billions or millions of dollars on these movies anymore. What? You need to talk louder. Okay. You're telling me you need to talk louder by not telling me that. We got that. I was trying not to inter- <laughs> I know, interrupt but you. But anyways, I think that they're not going to have... Why would you spend millions of dollars on a movie that's going to make half that on a streaming service? Like, it's just... It's over. It's over. I hope you enjoyed Endgame. There will still be Endgames and Star Wars. Maybe not as many, but they're... You don't think so? These are all billion dollar not movies. In the same way. I think we're going to get more like... Like, I don't know. I That's just... not how you pull people to your service, though. You're more likely to pull people to your service with a Black Widow than you are a Magic Camp. 
or I mean, magic school, whatever the hell it was called. No, I'm just saying, magic like, camp. I just don't see them spending, like, a lot of money on movies anymore. That's all. Just overall. Blockbusters were, they, their time was coming anyways, but I'm just saying, like, I just don't expect many blockbusters anymore. That's all. Big budget movies with nice special effects. I don't think that, I don't think that at all. I think those are here to stay because they're going to want a big movie to put on their service every few months. Sure, but there you can do that without spending an, a certain amount of money, and you're not the return isn't there. Like people p- spend ten dollars a month on HBO, or I guess twenty dollars a month because you have to pay for HBO and HBO Max. Yeah, or is HBO Max just ten dollars? I think it's separate. Yeah, because you're spending Disney's $10 putting Disney's putting versus somebody going to the movies and spending like forty five dollars. Yeah, but, but Disney doesn't get all that money. Disney's putting $20 million into each episode of The Mandalorian. You do, you mean to tell me that they're not going to continue to pump money into... Hollywood yeah, movie directors and producers love to spend money. I think, well... Because, because money doesn't exist and Hollywood just makes up money. That's just my prediction. Well, I don't see that. But I do think that I'm this... I'm saying over time, we're going to stop seeing so many big budget movies. That's it. Overall. How much did they spend on Endgame? Wasn't it like it was like a billion dollars? Right? It wasn't a billion. It was it like four hundred million. Oh, still that's yeah. I'm gonna look at it. that. The number that you'll see if you look on Wikipedia or whatever probably doesn't include marketing. So after marketing and everything, it was probably well over four hundred million. Oh, uh, there's a lot of people in that movie. They got to pay a lot of people. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. ain't cheap anymore. I'm just, I just, I bring this up because it's a really, it's a huge move. That's a huge power play. There's a lot of big movies coming out from them next year. Dune, Suicide Squad again, <laughs> um, the Mortal Kombat reboot that they have planned, Godzilla vs. King Kong. Like, There's a lot of really big movies coming out, and people are going to sign up for HBO Max knowing that all those movies are going to come to them at no charge. Yeah. So and- it says $356 million was the budget, and then $200 million for marketing. Yeah, so over $500 million. But it made $2.5 billion. <laughs> <laughs> uh... 2.8 yeah that's what i'm saying like you're right that they're not going to get those kind of returns anymore but at the same time i maybe they don't need to i it's not that i, I don't think movie theaters are ever going to go away forever there's always going to be movie theaters even for like even if it's just to show old movies <laughs> like movie theaters are always going to exist right and uh it's entirely possible that maybe a big movie studio buys a chain of movie theaters maybe disney opens their own movies theaters that's a terrifying idea but maybe they do I'm just saying that Disney has a lot of big movies planned and they could very easily just move them all to Disney Plus. So, And if this works out for Warner Brothers, I think they absolutely will. Mm-hmm. Starting with Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Or I guess starting with Soul. Mulan. Mulan. Which is now free. And people are mad about it. Why are people mad about it free? Because they paid $30 for it. But they knew that. Yeah, they did. Uh, we knew. Yeah, we knew it was going to be free. When they announced that it was going to Disney Plus for Premiere Access, it literally said it'll be available on this date for free. I just I just wanted to bring it up because I think it's going to change the entire movie industry, and Disney's in the movie industry, and they have their own streaming service. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all I got. I do have one more thing to do, um, not news-related, but we have our first reviews, plural, on iTunes. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, no. Yeah, they're both really negative. They said oh, they said everybody sucks. Is that right? 
No. Oh. I believe it. They're both from people I know, though. So, I mean, I guess it's a little less exciting than, like, random reviews. Oh. But this one is from Lori G. Smith. I don't remember how she found me. I think it had something to do with YouTube. But anyway, she said, I thought I'd check it out because I love Disney. I enjoyed the first episode and can't wait to hear more. Also, I have the majority of the movies from Walt Disney feature animation on DVD, and I can't afford to be subscribed to Disney+, Plus, which I feel a bit guilty about. I watched Disney Channel over here in the UK from 2013 to 2017, and my top favorite show was Wizards of Waverly Place. DC was taken down on first on the 1st of October 2020, Disney Channel, 25 years to the day that it was first broadcast in the UK. The point is, I can't wait to hear more. Sending love to you and your kids. So thanks, Lori. You have multiple kids? Well, you have a kid. Oh, okay. I was going to say, um, but did you not tell us about Matthew? No, you have a kid. Yeah, we're hiding one. Are they better than Aubrey? We'll take that one instead. Regardless of that, please be nice. Thank you for the kind words, Lori. And this this one is from uh, Where There's a Will. Will is a friend of mine I've known for a while. I have never don't know that I've ever actually spoken to him outside of Twitter. But anyway, he said, It's a plus. The show is impressively finding its stride very early in its life, and it does the thing that make good discussion-based podcasts ought to do. It makes you want to join in the conversation. Well done, boys and girls. That was nice. That was nice. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are actually listening to us. Isn't that nice? (laughs) Good for us. Will's super cool. He makes a lot of cool art. Um, We're not doing a segment in this podcast? We've already been talking for 40 minutes. Okay. I mean, but weren't you recording earlier? Yeah. For like 10 minutes. Do you want to do a segment? I mean... What do you got? What do you got? I mean, I have one. What do you got? What's your segment? You want to do favorite land? Favorite land? Yeah. Well, I need to think about that. Top five. No, we're not doing talking, a top five. We've <laughs> already talked long enough for a top five. Are we talking like favorite land, like theme wise, ride wise? All of the above. Favorite land, period. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not easy for you guys? No, because I have. I have a favorite land theme-wise, but I have a favorite land ride-wise. Yeah, that's my thing, too. Like, all my favorite rides are in Tomorrowland, right? Tomorrowland in Disneyland specifically. But, like, the land isn't great. Yeah, it has Space Mountain. It has Star Tours. It has Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters. Three of my favorite rides. Don't forget Autopia. And Autopia, I guess. Three of my favorite (laughs) rides and Autopia in all of Disneyland. (laughs) Three of my favorite rides and Autopia. (laughs) In all of Disneyland. But, like... Tomorrowland's theming is a mess. It's basically non-existent. There's just a bunch of shit left over from, like, yeah. old attractions and old theming. It's just a mess. Magic Kingdoms is a little bit better, but not that much better. So, like, I don't know that I could say Tomorrowland is my favorite land, but it has my most favorite rides in it. See, I'm the, I'm the same way, because my f- favorite rides are all in New Orleans Square in Disneyland, but, I mean, I'm not big on the New Orleans square theming it's, it's cool it's much but it's better not my favorite. it's much better themed than tomorrowland they're all much better oh themed for sure for sure yeah, we could just turn it my into favorite like... is fantasy land yeah i think what i the, like fantasy this land one at a lot too, disneyland but... you're welcome i like fantasy land and disneyland and magic kingdom definitely better than liberty square oh yeah. liberty square sucks liberty square is trash liberty square is fine no it's, it's not. very well themed I don't like Liberty You only like it because of the Muppets. Oh, that's the Liberty, Liberty Square has the Muppets and the the Hall of Presidents. That's all I care about. Liberty Square is like oh, hands down the worst. 
In that park? Land. You think in that park? Well, better th- worse than Tomorrowland. Their Adventureland is kind of like loose. It's like it feels there does it doesn't really feel like it's a land, right? It's an Adventureland. Adventureland is the one that's got fucking the Aladdin flying carpets yeah, yeah, plopped yeah, in yeah. the middle of it. Yes. I mean that one's like so yeah, that loose, that land is that land is pretty bad too. I just don't like Liberty Square at all. I don't know why they decided to do that. I don't know why they didn't just do New Orleans Square. This is supposed to be favorite, it's not worst. Oh. Um, <laughs> so then what is your favorite land? I don't know. Because, like, part of me wants to say Galaxy's Edge because it's so well-themed, but I don't think that Galaxy's Edge is living up to its potential. So I don't know that I can say Galaxy's Edge. Wow. I'm going to say my favorite is Frontierland. Which... Shocker. This Frontierland? Or... <laughs> our Disneyland. Disneyland's Frontierland. Why? That's an interesting pick. Why? What do you mean Disneyland's Frontierland? Just... Where's the other one? Uh, in, in Florida? Magic Kingdom? They have a Frontierland? <laughs> yeah. No, they don't. Where yes, Big Thunder do. and Splash Mountain Splash is. Mountain yes. Big Thunder are... And Country Bear Jamboree. In Jamboree. Frontierland. Are in Frontierland, It yes. leads... I thought that was all Li- Liberty, Liberty Square. Liberty Square morphs into Liberty. Frontierland. Wow, that's... Yes. Wow, that whole park is not really themed, then, is it? It's just... They're just rides <laughs> there. They're not really, like, themed. I didn't even know there was yeah. a Frontierland Frontierland. It's called there. Country Bear Jamboree. It's got country in the name. Country Bear could be Liberty Square. Oh, Liberty yes. Square? The, 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 God bless Liberty those bears. <laughs> <laughs> Liberty Square. Land of the free and singing banjo playing Literally, bears. Liberty Square is like right next to it. Like literally the building right there is Liberty Square, isn't it? But Adventureland in Disneyland I'm, turns okay, into okay, New okay, Orleans okay. Square, which turns into okay, Critter Country, okay. which turn and also morphs into Frontier. I don't know, understand your point. It's the same. No. It is. They're not good. That's my point. That's it. <laughs> well, then don't pick something from Magic Kingdom. I'm not! I didn't pick anything from Then Magic what's your favorite? I just didn't then know. Then what's your favorite? No, 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 no. Lead Brady the charge. was talking about <laughs> no, you're what right. his favorite You're right, was. Brady. I need to and explain why it's Frontierland. I just, I like the old Western theme kind of stuff. And, I mean, Frontierland, obviously, that's what it is. And it picks it up really well. And then Big Thunder Mountain is another one of my favorite rides. So... I like that. Fr- I like old Western. I like the Frontierland still has that stupid shooting thing that like feels yeah, like feels like I it think, should not exist anymore. I think that is so hilarious. The Frontierland arcade or shooting gallery. It's called shooting gallery. I was always uh, underwhelmed by Frontierland because there's really only one ride. It's just got Big Thunder Mountain and then nothing else. But I think when you take. Well, technically, the boats are part right, of it. Right. That's but... what I'm saying. When you take into account the Mark Twain and like Tom Sawyer Island, I think it's much better. It's a much more cohesive whole than you would initially give it credit for. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I like all the rock work for Frontierland. Yeah. And how they, everything that they did to do it into um, Galaxy's Edge. Edge. Like, I think that that was really, I like that, like, everything else from Frontierland is so old, but then when they expanded everything, when they expanded the, um, the river boat around there and then when they expanded all the rock work like it all looks like it was made at the same exact time like i thought that was really cool i like that when they designed galaxy's edge they had big thunder mountain in mind because you could see it from big thunder mountain so they made the spires look like they wouldn't fit out a place oh. in big thunder mountain yeah yeah interesting yeah interesting. disney's disney smart yep there all about them sight lines nikki you said fantasy land why I just think it's cute. I like it's classic. There's a lot of rides there. It does have a lot of rides. Fantasyland does have the most rides. It does. By it's far. so spread out. 
It's like, what, 12 rides? Yeah. Well, you start to lose it a little bit when you start headed back towards It's a Small World, because that part's not really themed to anything. Right. 11 rides. It's 11 rides. It's very densely yeah. packed, yes. I like Fantasyland It just Land gives me classic Disney vibes. Yeah. Fantasy Fair is, like, a really good addition to it, too. And I think that that area is really well done. Now you don't have to wait 45 minutes to meet a princess anymore. Right. <laughs> or you remember when... You just don't know who's in there. It tells you. There's a thingy on the front. Sometimes they don't I put thought, it. But I thought it just I thought it just said, uh, like, Cinderella and her friends. Yeah, so you so never know tell who you the other two one, are. The one that you see on there, you should for sure meet. But do you remember the first time that we went by ourselves and we waited? We met princesses behind Mickey and the Magical Map Theater? It was in front of, wasn't it? No, it was like there was like the walls. Side. There was like walls set up there. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I mean that was the first time that we. Oh, I remember when I remember when they used it's to do that. It's called the Fantasyland Theater. Nothing Sorry, Fantasyland the Theater. Because when me and Nikki waited for Tiana, and it was over by what is that thing called? The thing in front of uh, Small World. What is that mm-hmm. called? What would you call that? That area. Small World. No, but like the thing. I was like, like, you know. I don't know. It's just the queue to Small right. World now. I mean, I guess it used to be. You're talking about where, like, the stairs are? Yeah. Where you, like, watch yeah, parades? The, oh, the, the just, it's area. just an area. When the princesses were over there, you could see them. So if they switched out, you were in line and you could see them leave. So you yeah, weren't, like... If we wanted to. Right. So... What's your favorite land, person? Cars Land. Okay. Ooh! <laughs> no, I want to know why. Uh, I, I think it's so well done. It's like, I don't know. It's so well done. And I feel like it's, you feel very immersed in the story, even though it's like cars and you're a person. So I don't know. Like the juxtaposition doesn't feel weird. And the little details that they did with, with like the cars through all the cues and stuff is really well done. And all the stuff that they connected to the movies is really well done. And I don't know. I just, I, the, the snacks are great. Cozy Cone is great. The, all the shops and stuff. I kind of wish that Cars Land was like all the lands, but like with different things. I think I wish every land had two small rides, a themed area for treats, plenty of retail, and then a big eat ticket at the back. I wish all of them were like that. Then that should be like the formula for them. So you want to get rid of rides? You want you you think no, Fantasyland no, no, should no, not have no, eleven rides? No, it should have three. No, that's not what I mean. I mean, I'm saying like that's like the perfect formula for the per- perfect land: retail, food, like actual food, and then snacks, and then an e-ticket, and then little rides. I I mean, I feel like it should be one little ride, one like medium ride, and then one e-ticket. But you know, we'll take what we can get. There's photo ops. Literally everything you could need in a land is in that land. Except for, I guess, like a sit-down restaurant, but, I mean, Flo's is kind no, of a sit-down te- restaurant. I mean, it's quick service, but Flo's is technically a sit-down restaurant. Yeah, and you have, the thing about Flo's, too, is that it's, like, one restaurant, and there is so much seating. Like, I mean, it has to be packed for you to not be able to find seating at Flo's. And I think that that's something that, like, every land needs, really. It's, like, one big restaurant with plenty of seating. So, I don't know. I just think it's, like, literally, like, the perfect uh, template for a land. Every land should be Cars Land. That's it. So, that's my favorite. It's it's also the most cohesive. Yes. 
part very, of that park yes, anyway for sure that park is a whole cluster it is fuck up. It is who knows what the hell we are <laughs> i <laughs> i don't i don't know i might say cars land too just because cars land is to me it's the template for which disney built upon to make pandora and galaxy's edge yeah that's true cars land was their immediate response to the wizarding world in california well, no, we got ours later. It was Florida. Um, got theirs oh. first. That was 2010. It was the immediate response to that. And it was when they started really th- deep theming lands to specific things. And uh, it's the perfect example of it. Aubrey, what is your favorite land at Disneyland? Uh-huh. Um. So there's Fantasyland. There's Cars Land. There's Galaxy's Edge. Land. Cars Edge. Cars Edge? Cars Edge? (laughs) Yes. You mean Cars Land? Cars Land. You like Cars Land? Yeah. You like it the best? Yes. Why do you like Cars Land? Because. Because I like all the rides. And I'm big enough for all the rides now. You are right. You are big enough for all the rides there. You know what land we don't like? We don't like that stinky adventure land. You know why? Why? Because you're not big enough to ride the ride there. Indy. <laughs> yeah, so that one's stinky. What about Pixar Pier? Can't ride that one either. Pixar Pier's fun, but it's just not as... I like Pixar Pier a lot. A lot, a lot. A lot. I do too. I was just saying because she can't ride the ride that's there. Yeah, that's true. But so, I like Pixar Pier a lot. So I think that, that, that was a too? really good redo of that. Of Paradise Pier. I do think that that one of Galaxy's Edge's shortcomings is that it doesn't have a small flat ride for kids. Yeah. I think it should have. Yeah. I think it should have a. Like, even if it was just like an Astro Orbiter, but it was like X Wings. Well, you X, know that's what it would be. X Wings or whatever. Like, even if it was just that. Like, that, that would be a little disappointing, but it would still be better. It would give it a little bit of motion to the land. And kids could ride it, unlike the other two, which some kids cannot ride. Right. I mean, I guess Cars Land, they all have height requirements, too. Yeah. Do uh, She's going to keep saying basic rides. Let's do a carousel with all the different animals. Tauntauns and Wampas Please. and Bantas. Please stop. <laughs> It'd be so oh, cool. do you think they're going to hear it and do it? No, no, no more no, carousels. No. We have enough. We have a critter carousel. We have a normal carousel. We're good. Can I just pick all of World Showcase as my favorite? <laughs> yes. I mean, sure. I didn't even think about World Showcase. We'll have to do what the best World Showcase pavilion is one day. Oh, yeah, we could. After they go. Well, yeah. Again. Uh, uh, Spend more time. I. That Yeah, that's a tough All right, well, we're going to move on to our featured film discussion with a movie that has a ride in perhaps the worst land in any Disney park uh-huh. <laughs> currently, until they change it to uh, Avengers Campus. I was going to say, Avengers Campus isn't... It's new. It's not the worst. I know, but currently it's in Hollywood Land, oh. the worst land. <laughs> Name a worse land than Hollywood Land. Liberty Square. No, Liberty Square <laughs> at least functions. Say Liberty. Liberty Square. No. Li- Liberty Square functions no. as what it needs to be. It has. Mm, no, no, it does. Hollywood Land is a joke. Especially now. Will tell you. What does Monsters Inc. and Mickey's Magic have to do with I will Hollywood tell Land? You why I feel this way when we're not recording. Like I said, we're going to be uh, talking about uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy from 2014. Do you realize that Liberty Square, if Liberty Square, 
<laughs> is Guardians of the Galaxy in Liberty Square? No, but do you realize that um, Liberty Square is like the smaller portion of if we had a Disney's America? Like that's that would be the whole park. My worst nightmare. My worst nightmare. No, stop it. Uh, there's nothing I want in the world more than to have seen Disney's America come to fruition. I just want to see what concept art you can imagine. I just want to Liberty Square. I just want to know what it would have been 20 years later. That's it. I want to know Liberty Square. I want to know what Disney's America would look like today. Liberty Square. What the fuck are you talking about? It's they were going to build a theme park in Virginia based on America and the history of America. About it's it. awesome. Yeah, it's no, it sounds awful. I just want to know. I wish they built it because I want to know what it would look like today. Would it be IP land? Would there be a San Francisco like themed land? Like I want to know. Like what would it be? <laughs> We're not supposed to be talking about that. We're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. Sorry. Spoilers for Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm going to read the description from Disney Plus now. Please do not talk about Liberty Square anymore. That is not in this movie. Okay. An action-packed epic space adventure, Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy expands the Marvel Cinematic Universe into the cosmos, where brash adventurer Peter Quill finds himself the object of an unrelenting bounty hunt after stealing a mysterious orb coveted by Ronin, a powerful villain with ambitions that threaten the entire universe. To evade the ever-persistent Ronin, Quill is forced into an uneasy truce with a quad... Quartet of Desperate Misfits, Rocket, a gun-toting raccoon, Groot, a tree-like humanoid, the deadly and enigmatic in- enigmatic, Gamora, the revenge-driven Drax the Destroyer. But when Quill discovers the true power of the orb and the menace it pe- possesses to the admit, oh my god, the menace it poses to the cosmos, he must do his best to rally his ragtag rivals for a last desperate stand with the galaxy's fate in the balance. Starring, oh, sorry, directed by James Gunn, and starring Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, and very many others. All right. So let us talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy. My favorite. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Um, spoilers for the end of this episode, I guess. Guardians of the Galaxy is one of my favorite movies in the MCU. It's one of my favorite things that have been introduced in the MCU. I love it very, very much. It's hilarious. I am good. Not, we're not talking about that one. All he said was, I am Groot. I am Groot. There you go. <laughs> did he say it too? <laughs> Gotta be adult about I d- it. I did it in the baby oh, voice. Oh my god. <laughs> so, something that I really like about Guardians of the Galaxy is that it was the first time they were making a movie in the MCU based on a really obscure property. Guardians of the Galaxy, even for comic fans, is kind of like D-list comic characters. And this team in particular is kind of a D-list team from that series. So they kind of had free reign to do whatever they want because there wasn't going to be a lot of people that even knew what they were about. And by doing that, they made, even at the time, one of the most unique movies in the MCU because it's it's just got a different kind of cast. It's got a different kind of... It's very colorful compared to up until that point, we had like our Captain Americas and our Thors and our Iron Mans that weren't particularly colorful because they set this movie in space so it was able to get away with a lot more it has its fun poppy soundtrack it's just it has a lot going for it that makes it stand out among the mcu even now it stands out for sure and i love it i feel like it really shaped a lot of things uh, moving forward with marvel that i don't necessarily like i think he 
Kevin Feige is very good at tying everything together, but I don't know that there's certain things that would have happened or would have been as successful without this movie. I feel like this movie was like the beginning of a lot of things and I appreciate it for that. And it's also really funny. I think it's one of the first, it might be the first one that was produced wholly under Disney because Disney purchased Marvel in 2012 2011 and this one came out in 2014 it was one of the first ones that they really put their efforts behind and it shows because they really claim this movie disney sure does think that they made the guardians of the galaxy what they are by the fact that it has two theme park attractions and a tv show at one point it was a good show too they it's also very popular so i think that they you know they wanted to do what they do and make capitalize on the popularity of it. So. Of, of course, it's very popular, and the reason it's very popular is because it's well, it's yes, it's because it's funny, but also because all five of our main characters are very good. They're yeah. very good, and they're all very relatable. By making they're all they're criminals, right? They're criminals. They're not your typical heroes. You're not. They're not your Captain America who starts good. Like they're criminals with tragic pasts that learn. <laughs> to appreciate basically the world because they learn to appreciate each other like yeah. they're people kind of like lost yes they're lost that's other. what he says they're lost people that become whole by finding each other yeah and there's something really relatable about that and yeah. you can relate to different things from each of our main characters they all bring something to the table that somebody can find themselves in and i think that's i think that's what makes this movie so strong i think what makes the entire MCU strong is its characterization. People really like the characters in the MCU, and that's what makes it work. Some of the best scenes in any MCU movies are sometimes just when the characters are just talking. One of the best scenes in Age of Ultron is that party where they're just talking. The, yes, part of the reason... The, oh, sorry, go on. They're trying to lift Thor's hammer. Yes, that's one of the best scenes in the entire MCU, and it's they're yeah. not doing anything. They're just talking because you like these characters so much. Part of why I like Endgame so much is because a lot of that movie is just the characters sitting around coming up with the plan. They're not executing the plan. They're just coming up with the plan. And they're just talking. And Guardians, there's a lot of talking. I mean, there is a lot of action, but there's a lot of talking. And it's the characters. It's the characters being together and playing off of each other that you really like. And part of the reason why I think this movie really works and why it is one of the best in the MCU. They're like the perfect amount, too, of like bad to the point where it's like you know they're like a little bit cool but then at the same time they've got all got like hearts deep down so they're endearing in that way too right they're all made i mean i guess they're not (laughs) sorry they're not necessarily made bad but they are bad because of their past they all have like i said they all have tragic pasts peter lost his mother and was abducted by aliens (laughs) and (laughs) you know kind of abused by yondu Drax lost his wife and his daughter. Gomorrah, the daughter of Thanos, kind of the worst thing you can be. Rocket is a product of, you know, science and manipulation. Mutation, yeah. yeah. We don't really know Groot's damage. I'm Groot. We don't really know Groot's damage. I mean, he might not be, uh, have a tragic past. Uh, He's kind of the least of the characters, which is why they kill him off. But Spoilers. I already said spoilers. You can talk about whatever you want. <laughs> I'm going to Oakley and fight you. <laughs> I know Groot's your favorite. But I mean, that's why the, the he's the easiest one to get rid of, right? 
because he's the least of the characters. He's got the least personality. He became the most popular, but he's the least of them. That's why they he's the one who dies at the end. Yeah. All right. Glad nobody else has anything to say. I don't know. Uh, you brought up earlier the, the soundtrack, and this movie probably has one of my favorite soundtracks of any movie ever. Like, I listen to this soundtrack all the time. The soundtrack is one of the things that really made this movie stand out. Not that other movies before it didn't have, like, pop rock soundtracks, but it really stood out in the MCU, which didn't really use a lot of licensed music. Especially that, not the opening scene, but the very next scene, where Peter is an adult now, and he's breaking into that planet, and he's dancing to come and get your love. That sets up the entire movie. That that tells you everything that you need to know about this movie in that one scene. And mm-hmm. I, ever since this movie, other movies have tried to emulate it. I feel like movies like the original Suicide Squad, they try to ham-fistedly add music in when it doesn't need to be in there. And I feel like that was an executive decision that came down from the top. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy made a lot of money, and the soundtrack was sold a lot of copies. You gotta make a pop soundtrack. Not to shit on Suicide Squad forever, but I could. Rude. But yes, the soundtrack is very good and it fits the mood of this movie very well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, I like that at the end of the movie, I'm like jumping. It introduces us to the new soundtrack for the next movie. Right. Even though when they sold the CDs, that song wasn't on the second one. Yes. It was on the first one. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't doesn't work. But yes, they introduce. And in the second one, they introduce another way to keep having more music. But yes, that's another thing is that the soundtrack exists within the context of the story too it's not just songs thrown in to have songs thrown in it's music that peter listens to throughout the entire film it has emotional value for him and it just it works it's very smartly woven into the fabric of the movie yeah one of my favorite scenes to go along with the movie is um when he's flying out of the spaceship to escape oh yeah (laughs) flying through space playing the pina colada song i love that scene you're an imbecile I like um, Rocket wanting to steal things from people. I need that guy's leg. Oh, here's the leg. Oh, I didn't actually need it. <laughs> Peter beats the shit out of somebody with that leg, though. <laughs> I know. That's, that. I love that part. He just starts swinging the leg around. The entire prison break scene is like the best scene in the entire movie. Like, it's just, it's very good. And then it's funny when they get drunk. Well. Well, it's not. Well, no, I wanted. I, I, I wrote that down. I wrote Rocket Drunk down because I wanted to talk about that scene because that is the first plantings of. Well, it's not the first. Earlier in this movie, it is, but it's one of the first plantings of the seed that about Rocket's insecurities yeah. and his background. It like it's kind of the most like deep we get into Rocket's character in this movie. They get into it a lot more in the second one, but. You know, he's drunk and he's fighting with Drax because he made fun of him. And he's talking about how everybody calls him, you know, they call him rodent. They call him this. They call him that. Like, they make fun of him. He, You just want to laugh at me like everybody else does, is what Rocket says. And that lets you know everything that you need to know about how he looks at the world. And like I said, that really comes into play in the second one. But that's another one of my favorite scenes because it's like, oh, this character who should just be like a comic relief talking raccoon... They really decided to make this character, like, tragic in a way. It's yeah. it's really well done. Oh, because he doesn't know what he is. Right. There ain't no thing like me except me. There ain't me except me. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Peter mentions that he's a raccoon, 
And he's like, a what? Right. And then he, yeah. So he has no idea that he's even an animal. It really does have a really good balance of, like, humor, emotional, or sorry, humor, emotions, um, action. It has, it's like all encompassing of so many different things that makes the movie great. And then so many things that make a trilogy or, you know, it tie into whatever else great. So I have to say that it really does a lot of things right. It's very enjoyable. I just feel like we've watched it so many times. Like, yeah, no. because it's good. I mean, it is. Because <laughs> it it's is, great. Yeah. It is, but I still, I just. This is probably the Marvel movie I've seen the most. It's probably the one I've seen the most too. Um, yeah, so it's I ha- definitely between this one and Ultron. I've seen well, I've seen Ultron a lot, even though I don't like it as much. We watched I like Civil the first War one. a lot too. Oh yeah, Civil War. We, we watched, watched Civil War so many times. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> Did we see Civil War more than once in theater? I. Th- uh... I think I saw it twice in theaters. I don't remember. I just know we've watched it a lot. <laughs> right, because it's good, but it's not perfect. No, nothing is. Um, there are things in this movie that I'm not a huge fan of. First of all, the biggest problem is Ronan sucks. He sucks. He's an awful villain. He does really suck. He's so boring. Yeah. Marvel, this this was a problem that Marvel had with their movies basically up until now. That their villains, because they want to focus so much on the characters, especially in this movie where you don't know these characters at all. You really have to characterize them in a big way so that the villains don't get a lot of air t- uh, screen time or development and ronan is one of the worst of them he just does i hate the way he talks like, yeah so so fucking like boring and stupid yeah ronan ronan is thrown in here to be the villain of the movie but realistically all he's doing is setting up thanos and nebula uh that's all he's doing yeah is it it introduces him as thanos's puppet but then he wants to defeat thanos or go behind Thanos' back. Or whatever. Yeah, well, that didn't work out for him, did right. it? Right. <laughs> no. He's just... Because you never see him again. His motivation is boring. He wants revenge, like all, like they always do. Like, I think he's got a cool design, and I like his big hammer that he never uses. But he's boring. He's a boring villain. And uh, I guess in this movie it doesn't matter because you're not supposed to care about the villain. But he sucks. I don't like him. Yeah, he does suck. Probably the worst Marvel villain. No, he's not worse. Uh, he's not worse than Malachi. No. Uh, yeah, Mal Mal Malachi is pretty bad. I was gonna say Ghost too. She's kind of. I like Ghost. She's not really a villain though. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's not what we're here to talk about. Anyway, um, <laughs> other things that I'm not the biggest fan of. I don't. It really tells you how different 2014 is, even from now. This movie doesn't always have the best opinion of women. I think that no. I think that Gamora is a really great character, and I think they treat her with a lot of respect in this movie. And again, even more so going forward in the MCU. But there are a lot of jokes at her expense, or even Peter just joking about like women in general that aren't necessarily the nicest view of women. A lot of objectification of women you know we first old school view view of old school humor when it comes to women right rocket makes a joke about how gamora should sell herself to the prisoners to get what they want or whatever drax calls her a green whore at the end of the movie which considering he takes everything literal he would have to think that she is actually a whore for that joke to even make sense for him to say it and that's not something that i came up with i i heard that in Lindsay ellis's guardians of galaxy 2 video 
which is a great video. You should all watch it. Um, but she mentions that and it's like, yeah, actually, we do learn that Drax takes everything literal. So for him to call her a whore, he would have to think she is an actual prostitute. Yeah. And like part of it is a lot of it comes from Peter and that's supposed to be part of Peter's flaw as a character. Like by the end of the movie, he's not the same person that he was at the beginning. This is part of his growth is that he stops being as womanizing. He learns to respect Gamora. And he risks his life to save her. Like, that is a big part of his character growth. So I do understand that. But I can understand if somebody would, if a woman was to watch this and be like, mm, maybe these jokes don't really fly anymore. And I do think the second movie is a lot more respectful, respectful, especially since two of the main characters are, well, three of them are female. Two, even in 2014, it was just a different time, too. Even though it's only six years ago. Right. A lot has happened in the last couple of years. <clears throat> yeah i wouldn't like that now other than that i like pretty much everything else about this movie uh i don't have anything else really negative to say about it so i'm gonna ask this who's everybody's favorite of the guardians Groot. Oh, well i knew your answer why is it Groot? he's just so precious and he doesn't talk and he just says i'm Groot." and rocket understands him and he saves they them. all learn to understand him at some point like they talk to him pretty regularly throughout the rest of the movie Right, but he's the one that ends up saving them at the end. He protects them. Right. Fascinating is the first 89 times you told me. Even though he doesn't protect himself, but he does come back, so. It'll be interesting to see Big Groot again. Yeah, I'm really excited for him to be an adult Groot again. Um, some I, I want to know everybody else's favorite, but I want to talk about Groot for a minute, because something that I think... I don't know if this was the intended effect, but at the end of the movie, Groot dies, obviously, and Rocket saves parts of Groot, and we see that Groot kind of respawns as, like, a baby. And in the second movie, he's a baby again. And I don't, again, I don't know if this was what they planned, but turning Groot into a baby affects the second movie so well because that whole, the whole theme of that movie is parenting. That whole theme of yeah. that movie is about parents. And making baby Groot Something that all four of the Guardians have to take care of. That's really brilliant. That is really brilliant. You learn the more the whole theme of the movie with this one character. And from something that seems like it was just there to sell a bunch of toys. Uh, I just I think that's a really a credit to these movies. But yes, yeah, Scrooge is great. <laughs> I love when he <laughs> that scene at the end when they're like fighting the guys in the hallway and he like picks them all up and shoves them against the wall. <laughs> Oh my god, yes. That scene is so good. And then he turns it and smiles. Yeah, you can definitely tell he's a lot... Um, he's not as creepy in the movies as he is in the comics. He's a little, just, he's a little weird in the comics. Just from the pictures that I've seen. He's more um, violent. Yeah, they definitely wanted to make him like a a cuter, like more gentle character. Presumably to, presumably to balance out everybody else uh, being really hostile and mean. I waited how long? Like an hour and a half to meet him at Disneyland? Best day ever. He's a really cool meet and greet character at Disneyland. Oh, really? But it was fun. It was worth that it. That costume looks great. I, it does. I'm sure they're going to roll it out in Epcot eventually. I would like for them to do a add the other two, but that's going to be too hard for Rocket. Yeah, Rocket would have to be an animatronic. He'll probably be an animatronic in the queue for the ride, just like here. Brady, who's your favorite guardian? Oh, this, this this is a tough choice, but I think I'm going to have to go with Drax. Interesting. Uh, to me, 
Why is it interesting? Uh, it's just an interesting pick because I really like Drax. I think he's great. He's definitely kind of the the surprise of the movie. Uh, Dave Bautista plays him really well. But to me, Drax throughout both movies is the one that kind of develops the least. He's kind of already where he needs to be in this movie, and he just kind of stays that way throughout the second one. Yeah. Um, I mean, he does sort of learn the error of his ways when he calls Ronan and like tries to fight him and then gets his ass kicked and gets his friends in danger. Like he does kind of learn his arrogance gets in the way. So he does grow as a character in this movie, but in the second one, he's just kind of flat the whole time. But yeah, I do like tracks. So why is he your favorite? Uh, I think it's just the whole with him being literal, all the jokes that are aimed towards him are just, they're extremely funny. Uh, Especially uh, when I really like when Gamora calls him a princess. I am not a princess. Um, that that just the way he talks is just I love it. It's everything being literal and metaphors going over his head, even though he's too fast. That's one of the best jokes in the whole movie. Nothing goes over uh, my head. I would catch it. <laughs> my my <laughs> reflexes are too good. I would catch it. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's hilarious. I love him. It is funny that he just kind of joins the team. Like, he's not even, like, really invited. He just kind of climbs up. Well, I mean, I mean technically, technically, uh, he tells him, like, hey, if Peter, Peter kind of tells him, like, hey, if we, uh, if we get what we need, you know, she's yours. Right. So he kind of just follows to make sure that they get what they need so that way he can have Gamora. I know, but he's still with them, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Four movies later, so yeah. he's yeah, he never left. Yeah. Better than jail. Come on. Who's your favorite guardian, Carissa? You could pick whoever you want. I don't. I'm not going to judge you. What? I didn't think. You were well, gonna you were like me. rolling your eyes. Like, no, because I was like, I was going to say. I'm sure you already know. Well, who is it? Gamora. Gamora, my favorite daughter, Gamora. Oh, why? She's a badass. She's a badass. She's such a badass. And she's like the embodiment of like that hard woman exterior that like needs to soften up to get a man type thing. You know, I feel like that's so common. I feel like getting a man isn't her main priority. No, it's not. I'm just I'm just saying like that's just something that I've noticed about her character. (laughs) Um, You know, but she doesn't. It's like a good thing, too, because she doesn't like just, you know, uh, you know, fall for him right off the bat. It takes some time and some development. And then it's, I'm curious to see like what happens now that she's like her old self or whatever she is. So I don't know. I just really like her arc. Um, I think that it's really relatable, like having a dad that you don't like, like not relatable to me. I like my dad, but I'm just saying like, that's something relatable for, you know, for women and girls and stuff like that and having to come to terms with that there's just a lot of good things that they've done with her character that i really like and i really like um oh my god i'm completely blanking on her name what is her nebula name? no oh, i mean i oh zoe sildana that is zoe sildana yes i love zoe sildana a lot so i'm that's part of why i like her so much oh and then yes of course i totally almost totally forgot everything that happens with her and nebula like it's so like so relatable having a sibling and fighting with your sibling like that and stuff like that and having to like look back on your childhood and having re- holding back resentment from like things that have happened in the past and stuff and like the way that their parents 
Thanos played into it and like how that can like be brought to the surface and stuff and how you have to work through those issues as adults and come to common ground like that it's just all it's like you know they're in space they're like trying to kill each other and there's like all this stuff going on and there's like a war getting created but like with everything that they the whole arc that they go through is still somehow so like relatable to watch that I just I just like I don't know I like Gamora a lot of all my siblings i hated you <laughs> least. least yeah if you would have told me in 2014 when after i had just got done watching this movie that nebula would have one of the very best character arcs in the entire mcu i would have slapped you in the face because she is not in this movie very much and she's kind of uh, yeah. and she's kind of just got one mode in this whole movie i hate gamora yeah. <laughs> and i yeah. want to win for you know and you do get a little bit of it when he's when ronan says that he wants to defeat thanos and she's like you want to after this you want to kill my father and she's like totally into it <laughs> like yeah. she's like i'm really for this but she's still just kind of mean the whole movie yeah so like what they do with her in the p- next few films it's just i it, honestly it, we're not talking about the other movies but honestly i think maybe behind tony stark it might be the most satisfying character arc in the entire mcu like i i can agree with that uh, like because who else develops that? I mean, they all develop, but like other than Tony, and I guess you could argue Thor, but I think Thor is more. Um, they didn't know what to do with Thor for a while, but he does get a good arc. I think Nebula has the best one. Yeah, I I can one hundred percent agree with that. So, who is your favorite Guardian of the Galaxy? We all, we already, already know, know who my favorite is. It's Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> Nobody picked the name Rocket. One of the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> um, the smart one. Well, I mean, he. I don't. I Peter's mean, the focus of the story. Yeah, and I. I mean, he's he's funny, and he does go through like a development and stuff. But I just, I don't know. There's, he's not like. Uh, I feel like almost every other main character is more interesting. Is more interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. He's surrounded like, by more interesting characters. Yeah, and but I mean, even if you compare him to Iron Man and Thor and Captain America, uh, like. They're all more interesting. They're all than him. more interesting than him. <laughs> He's yeah. just kind of like a goofy, like yeah. It's fun to watch him play off of. Oh, I was just saying. I think Bradley Cooper does a really good job with him. with Rocket. Well, we were talking about Peter, but yes, <laughs> yeah, they're talking about Star Lord. Oh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I I said that nobody picked Chris Pratt. I do want to talk about Rocket, but that's we were talking about Peter. Oh, you said your favorite was Star Lord. No, my no, favorite, favorite is Rocket. Rocket. And she was surprised that he didn't pick Chris oh, Pratt. Okay. See, I'm tuning out. I thought you said I thought you said Rocket. Uh, of course it's Rocket. Stay with yeah, us. Yeah, Rocket's Stay been that favorite forever. <laughs> I liked Rocket before the movie even came out because Yeah, exactly. Because I'm like not I'm not super up to comics. Like I'm not gonna pretend that I am, but I knew about Rocket Raccoon because there was an old blog that I used to read that was a big fan of Rocket, so they would talk about him all the time. So I knew about him. And then they put him in Marvel vs. Capcom three. Yes. The ultimate And then he was also in he was also in Lego He was in something. He was in the he was in the Lego Marvel game too. Right. So I knew about Rocket before and I was really excited to see him on the screen. And yeah, he's great. He's a really like I said, he's really relatable. He's like a he's like a piece of shit, but like ultimately he like 
he's only a piece of has shit. Has a be- heart of gold. Yes, he has a heart of gold, but also he's he's a piece of shit because he's afraid that of rejection. Like mm-hmm. he's afraid that everybody in his life is just going to treat him like shit, and he does what he can to survive and protect his heart. That too, yeah. Like, like I'm afraid that these people are eventually just going to abandon me, so I'm just gonna be mean to them. I'm gonna put up as many walls as I can so that when eventually they leave, I didn't like them anyway. Like, that's Rocket's whole deal. And I get that. And I just think he's really funny. And I do like Bradley Cooper as him. I think Bradley Cooper gets better as Rocket as time goes on. In this first movie, his, like, weird little accent and, like, I don't know, he sounds a lot like a cartoon character. Like, he speaks, It's it doesn't sound as natural to me. I think it gets better as the other movies go on. But, yes. Mm-hmm. Rocket is my favorite. Anyway, Chris, I'll go back to your thing about Star-Lord. I was just saying that, like, every, all of the main guys in all the other ones um, are more interesting than him. Even Thor, who is not really, like, a character for a while. So, like, oh, I rude. Know, just... Rude. <laughs> they didn't know what to do with Thor. It's they very did. obvious they, they didn't know They really what to do with didn't. Thor. And then they kind of just made him, like, Star-Lord. But he's better at it. I'll give him that. He's, like, more interesting to watch. And I think but I think Star-Lord is interesting because he is so... He plays off of every single character that he's come in contact with so well. Whether it be the Guardians or the Avengers or whoever. Like, anybody you put him on the screen with, he has good chemistry with them off jump. And I think that that's really telling of him as an actor and him as a character. But... He needs that other person there for him to be interesting. Like, him by himself, like, mm. Like, I could watch Chris Evans put put the trash out, and I'd be good, you know? But not Chris Pratt. No. Well, that's, yeah, that's... And I used to find him really attractive, but I don't know. There's just something about him now that I'm just like... Well, because he might be a white supremacist, that's part of the the reason. (laughs) Let's not talk about that, please. Like, come on, let's just focus on the movie. Yes, yes, yes. Um... Yes, you're right. And one of the best things about Infinity War is that they pair. Oh, I hate they, that scene. Not that scene. We're not oh talking about God, that scene. We're not talking about that scene. We're not talking about that scene. We're not talking about that movie. But I wanted to say that one of the best things about it is that they pair Star-Lord, a man with a pretty big ego, with Tony Stark and Stephen Strange, two other men in the MCU with, with really humongous egos. egos. Yeah. They picked the perfect pairing for those yeah. three characters. That's what I'm saying. Like, anytime he's with anybody else, he is, like, the banter is just, it's so good. But by himself or, you know, when it's, like, the sole, he's the sole focus, it's not as, not as captivating with just him. Uh, They handle the stuff with his mom well, though. And I like when he's addressing them, like, uh, right before they're going, when Rock is like, you're asking us to die. And he's, like, calling them all losers, you know, people who have lost stuff. Like, that whole scene is really great. That's them finally coming together as like a unit. It's just, it's good. I think, I think he works as the heart of the story because I don't know that any of the other characters could be the heart of the story. Yeah, no, that's true. Because they're so, there's, there's a lot to these other characters. Like, I don't think, as much as I like Rocket, I don't think you could make a Rocket Raccoon movie. I don't think he could carry a movie on his own. He's too prickly. No. He's too prickly. Yeah. And obviously Groot Groot just speaks in two words. (laughs) You know, Drax probably couldn't. Gamora maybe could. I think Gamora could maybe carry her own movie. But yeah. everybody else, like, they need they need uh, P- 
Peter as their center. He keeps them whole. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. What else do I have written down? I don't have a lot written down because I know this movie like the back of my hand. Um, the scene where they get arrested. First of all, that scene's great. But when they get arrested and like they're in the cells and they're uh, and the like nova guys are like looking over them and explaining who they are that scene is only there to explain these characters to the audience because the audience has no fucking idea who the guardians of the galaxy is right calls itself rocket gamora daughter of thanos (laughs) like calls himself star lord he's from earth like what are you telling us this for like why are you reading this out to each like that scene only exists for that yeah that's one of my favorite scenes too yeah uh, this movie also has another big explanation scene with the Infinity Stones when they bring it to the Collector, and yeah. he has to explain what they are, again, to the audience, because this is going to be a big thing in the next few years. Uh, I said this when we were watching the movie, but it's wild to me that the Collector is a character that's barely in this franchise, and he has a gold statue of himself in Disneyland. Right <laughs> 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 is in his... Yeah, it's his office. I mean, it's yeah. his tower. The Tavon Collection. It's a great setting for that ride. I won't deny it, but it's so crazy that this very, very, very minor character in this humongous franchise is the center of this ride. He, there's a gold fucking statue, ten feet high, outside of it. Like, well, the Del Toro holds himself very high. Uh, Del Toro's great. Wish they would have done more with his character in Star Wars. Um, there's a prison rape joke in this movie. Not great. Um, that's the thing. Definitely not great. Glenn Close is in this movie. Why is Glenn Close in this movie? <laughs> Everybody wanted to get in on that Star Wars, or Star Wars MCU money. Marvel. And then uh, the only other thing I had written down is Thanos. We get our first real glimpse of Thanos and what he is in this movie. This is the first time other than like in credit scenes we see him. Um, he doesn't really do much. And like they do this weird distortion thing on his voice to make it like sound deeper for some reason. He, it is not like that in Infinity War. Um yeah, I was I had a I was wondering about that. Is it still is it Josh Brolin still? Yes, it is. In this one it, it is in this one and I believe in Age of Ultron it is. It's um the very first Avengers when they first see him, it's not him. Oh, I don't even remember him being in the first Avengers. It's like the after, it's been so long. It's like the after it. credit scene, he like turns and faces the audience and I don't remember exactly. Does he say fine, I'll do it myself? No, that's Ultron. Oh. Yeah. Because Everybody, fa- that's uh, that's another thing. Everybody fucking fails Thanos. Like, <laughs> he's got Loki doing his thing. Loki fails. He's got Ronan doing his thing. He fails. Uh, the um, the whole like Vision Ultron thing that fails, and then at the end of Ult- the Age of Ultron, Thanos is like, "Fine, I'll do it myself." Like, why didn't you just do it yourself to begin with? We saw in Infinity War that you can do it in like an afternoon, dude. Why did you even hire Ronan? Like, <laughs> why are you even teamed up with this guy? They needed an extra ten movies, okay? Uh, I know that, but like, he could have again. He could have just done it in an afternoon and saved himself the headache. All right, I wanted to bring up Yondu, not because he's necessarily great in this movie. I mean, Michael Rooker plays him great, but like, he's not much of a huge character in this movie. But it's another one of those things like Nebula, where it's like, if you would have told me that this character was going to be the emotional core of the second movie, I would have not believed you for a second. Yeah, I can, I can agree to that. He's a piece of shit in this movie. He's like threatening to kill Peter multiple times. Like, I yeah, I know that he gets should have gave you to the Ravagers to feast on the first day. Yeah, I know that like Peter gets away with it because Yondu, as we learn, ultimately has a soft spot for him. But it's just 
they don't set that up too much in this movie. It's just interesting. They just say we should have took him to his dad like we were supposed yeah. to. That guy was a jackass. That guy's a jackass. Nikki brought it up a second ago. She wanted the rides. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is going to have two theme park rides. Uh, not just because what I said earlier, where I feel like Disney really claims this one more than any of the Mar- Arvel- any of the other Marvel movies, but also. Guardians of the Galaxy are so obscure that they are not in the universal contract that Marvel has. So Disney can actually use the Guardians wherever they want. They are basically the only characters that they can do that with, which is why we are getting an attraction in Florida, where they pretty much cannot use any other Marvel characters. (coughs) They did like a temporary, when Doctor Strange first came out, they did like a temporary little Doctor Strange show in Hollywood Studios, and there was like a mailbox that was like Bleecker Street, and it said something about the Master Magician is coming or whatever, and then there was like a Doctor Strange like meet and greet show thing. Mm-hmm. And from what I understand, that didn't last very long because Universal found out and was very upset <laughs> because Doctor Strange, oh, Doctor Strange may not it's... have a huge presence, but he is included in that contract. I'm pretty sure there's like a oh. any of the characters that they use in Marvel Superhero Island in Island of Adventure. On any of the signage or like posters or anything, Disney cannot use in, in Florida. Well, yeah, because you know the very first ride that they would have put in Florida is Spider Man. Well, he's the most popular, of course. Uh, I wish they would bring Iron Man out here, but but you can't. Iron Man can show up over here. the The weird thing is, is they can't actually use the word Marvel. Um, even here in California, they cannot say Marvel. That's why it's and uh avengers that's why it's avengers campus instead of marvel's campus if you look at the guardians of the galaxy like facade it does not say marvel on it and- yeah um and when they did the summer of superheroes it wasn't the summer of marvel it was the summer of superheroes they cannot use marvel so weird yes i'm very curious when that's going to expire eventually Universal's going to want to use that spot for something else, right? I feel like they're only keeping on, holding on to it at this point because, like, it pisses Disney off. I was like, they're doing it out of, out of spite. A hundred percent they're doing it out of spite. Well, yeah, because nobody really thinks about Marvel when it comes to them. Like, my first thought isn't Marvel at Universal. No, and, like, if you've ever seen that land, it sucks. Like, I know that the Spider-Man ride is very popular and very good, but, like, the rest of the land is just, like, cheap and boring. Like, it sucks. I just, I just, I just want to go for the Hulk roller coaster. Oh, yeah, the Hulk roller coaster is cool, too. But it's just a roller coaster. You can retheme that to anything. Yeah. yeah I know. They can retheme that to Zelda. Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess. The Guardian, not Guardians of the Galaxy, but Guardians from Zelda, whatever. Um, <laughs> Loftwing. No. Uh, talking about the rides again. Uh, Mission Breakout. Wonderful, fantastic, one of the best rides Great. in the. I predicted it. California. That was a stupid rumor that was going around that none of us believed until it was real. Yeah, I remember being in the queue for a tower when he was trying right. to tell us that they were going to make it. I was like, I can't wait for this to be Guardians. You guys, like, it's never going to happen because it made no, no sense. It was the it, from the concept point. That made no sense. To turn the Tower of Terror into a Guardians of the Galaxy attraction that had nothing to do with... What do you mean they're going to put the Guardians of the Galaxy in this building? What building from Guardians of the Galaxy is this? Like, this makes no sense. (laughs) This literally makes zero sense. And then they do it. It happens. And it's wonderful. It's a fantastic attraction. They did a fantastic job. (laughs) So good. And I love... To Joe Rohde. Yes, thanks, Joe Rohde. Enjoy your retirement. I like... I love it. I love the Rocket Raccoon animatronic. I love all the stuff in the queue. All the scenes are funny. The music fits really well. It's just a great attraction. 
it's a lot more it's fun. fun. Peter says crap. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it is. It's a lot. It's. It's the same ride as Tower, but it has a, such a different feel because yeah. Tower is supposed to be like scary. You're yeah. like in suspense the whole time, but Guardians is just fun. You're having fun. It's not like scary. It's fun. Everybody's screaming because they're having a good time. They're screaming and laughing, whereas Tower, they're screaming because it's dark and spooky. Yeah. And then Cosmic Rewind out in Epcot. Um, going to be good from what I can tell. <laughs> I mean, it looks like it's going to be good. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait. I mean, you're going to have to take medicine or something. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna spin that much. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna spin that much either. What are you more excited for, Cosmic Rewind or Tron? Tron. Oof, Tron. Tron. Really? I like the idea of the motorcycle roller coasters. Yeah, same. I, I like that something. I've been I've been on spinning roller coasters. I've never been on a motorcycle coaster. I just like that That's something true. as unsuccessful as Tron is getting a whole damn ride. <laughs> I mean, it already has one, obviously, but. Uh, it is interesting. I think I've, Tron. I think Tron is going to be more thrilling because you're going to feel like you're on like a bike. Like I don't know, just I don't know. I think so too. You're I think like, I, and I you're going to go faster. It's going to yeah, be faster. Yeah, it's going to go faster. I don't think. I think Guardians will kind of be. It's going to be more impressive. I think. Yeah, but I also think it's going to be more like family friendly. Whereas it's, Tron is going to be like you're going to have to be. An adult yeah but i well like i said i think that guardians is cosmic rewind is going to be more impressive i think it's going to have it's going to have the show scenes it's going to try to yeah. tell a story i think it's probably going to have some really impressive stuff in the queue i think we'll i think there'll definitely be a rocket animatronic they'll definitely duplicate that animatronic but yeah. i wouldn't be surprised if there was a groot in there like i think i think they're putting more effort into guardians because this is a ride they already uh, tron is a ride they already put effort into yeah, and they're just yeah. duplicating it again where yeah. Guardians is like new. And it's new and I think they're they're putting a lot of stock in it because they want it to be the big thing in Epcot. Yeah, yeah. I don't know which one I'm, I'm more exci- excited I'm, for. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for both, but I really Yeah, really... I'm I'm really ex- I'm really excited for both too. I think the Guardians will be a good addition to um Epcot for sure. Since it feels like there's not that much to do, I mean besides eat. <laughs> yeah. World. Yeah, Future yeah. World alone is not very impressive it for sure needs more rides well that's what they're doing they have two coming yeah so all right well unless anybody has anything else to say about guardians of the galaxy we will wrap this up so brady guardians of the galaxy plus or bust plus 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 nikki guardians of the galaxy plus or bust i'm group oh that means plus okay correct carissa guardians of the galaxy plus or bust plus very good <laughs> I'm also going to give it a plus. I love this movie. I think I didn't say this earlier, but I think when the MCU is in the distant past, when we're many, many years past the MCU and it's faded, um, I think people are going to remember the MCU as a whole. But I think very few of the movies will be considered classic like action adventure movies. I think Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be one of the ones that stands the test of time. I think there are very few in the MCU that you can say that about. As much as I love all of them, I think, you know, sometimes movies just kind of go away. And I think Guardians is going to be one of the maybe five in the MCU that stick around. So I love it. I love it very much. So next week we're doing a Christmas movie. Why did you put God Mode oh, in there? Because it's a Christmas movie. Is it? Yes, it's in the Christmas section. Oh. I just put whatever is in the is Christmas it? section. Oh. oh no, I can delete all this. <laughs> So we're doing a Christmas movie next week? Yes. And then we're doing Noel, right? Yes. Huh. Yes. Alexander Pending. Life Size yeah. 2? 
it's uh, it's in Christmas. I just wrote if it was in the Christmas section, I put it down. There's even a movie that's not Christmas. It's uh, Hanukkah. Full court. Oh, that full court miracle. Oh, that's uh, that's he's decom, it's, a, it's a Hanukkah movie. It takes place during Hanukkah. It's a decom, right? Yes. So for the next two weeks, we're doing Christmas movies. Um, this week is going to be a random one. I'm about to click the button. I wrote down every Christmas movie in the Disney holiday section, and then the week after that, we're doing Noel because for some reason I let Carissa pick a movie. Instead of doing a random one, I don't know where how we land. <laughs> I don't know how we got here, but that's what we're doing. We just had a long time. Yes, to yes. For Christmas week, we're doing okay. Noel. It's not going to be random. I'm sorry, we lied to you. I wanted to watch it. A year I was like, ago. who gave her the reins on that? I don't know. But anyway, let's find out what we're going to watch. There's a lot of a lot more Christmas movies. God, there. this is there is some not. Good yeah, they're all bad. It's they're here. all bad. There's like two good ones. I'm gonna click this. Twice upon it. Twice upon it. Twice upon it. Oh my god. I don't even know what this is. The missile tones. <laughs> the That's the one that has um like, Tori Spelling. Yeah. Tamara. It's either T or Tamara. It's like a musical, I think. Yeah. Oh man. This is one of the ones I didn't want to pop up and it did. Well, you got your comeuppance again. Good. Guardians Good. wasn't a comeuppance. At least it's Christmas and not. Ghost of Buxley Hollow. And I was like, can we just watch Ghost of Buxley Hall again? Yes, the Ghosts of Christmas <gasps> Hall. <laughs> Alright, so next week, I guess we're talking about the mistletones. Um, in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode of Plus or Bust, a Disney podcast. If you liked it, be sure to let us know by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. I will read it on the air like I did with the two that we read today. I will. I'll read it. I, I promise. You can hear it come out of my voice. If you want somebody else to read it, I, just le- let say it in the comment, and I, I, I will make them read it. <laughs> uh, be sure to tell your friends. You know, you could look for us anywhere that you can get your podcasts. Um, I'm probably going to be uploading to YouTube very soon. Um, there won't be any video, but the audio will be there. You can listen to it there. If you want to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at uh, plus or bust, you can join our Facebook group. Uh, facebook.com slash groups slash Disney plus or bust. We post stuff there all the time, including polls about how you feel about whatever movie we just talked about. If you want to send us an email for whatever reason, you can send us an email, Disney plus or bust at gmail.com. Other than that, uh, thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye bye. I was just watching a video about rumors and like plans to replace Woody Woodpecker's Kid Zone at Universal Studios Florida, and that's where Nintendo Land was originally going to be. But then after they decided to move Nintendo Land over to Epic Universe, the rumor after that was that it was going to be Pokemon, and that there was going to be a Pokemon Snapped theme ride with over 200 Pokemon characters on it. That would be so dope. Apparently, so you could have talked about this in the episode. I know. I <laughs> still can. Uh, if they get Pokemon, it's game over, just by the way. Um, <laughs> game over what? When was that? Game over for Disney. Um, I thought they were supposed to do one park was Mario, one park was Pokemon, and one park was Zelda. That's the rumor, yes. But apparently, according to the same video, they want to wait and see how one does first before deciding that they're going to do three. Well, then they should have done Zelda first because... So- 
No, Zelda would have no Mario is the exact one that they need to Because if Zelda if they would have done Zelda first and it would have tanked, at least I would have had my Zelda world, we would have been fine. (laughs) So that means they want to put Mario in Universal Studios first. Yes. And then put it in Epic Universe? Well they want to see how it does in Japan. Oh, how oh, oh. Mario does in Japan, because that's the one that's opening first, oh. before it opens in the three others that it's supposed to open in. And then after that, they'll decide if they want to roll out. Who else is getting it? Po- Are we getting it? Pokemon and Zelda. Yeah, we're getting uh, Mario Kart at least. Oh, we're just getting Mario Kart. I was like, we're probably gonna get Mario Kart before. Yeah, it's hard. They're already building it. The building's already like almost done. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah, there's big ass. Const- they've been, they've been doing construction all throughout the pandemic. Universal gives zero shits. shit. Well, a probable cause. I didn't. I didn't know we were getting it when we when the can opened back up. They're like, here, <laughs> come here now. Yeah, where's it going in our part? Uh, the lower lot. It's taking over some of the like backstage areas, especially uh, the studios out here. There's like nothing enticing about it. Yeah, our Universal is pretty much literally fucking the Simpsons, Jurassic Park, and. Harry Potter, and that's it. Harry Potter. Well, there's a whole new ride that was supposed to open three days after the pandemic hit, so that's just sitting there waiting. What ride? What? S- Secret Life of oh, Pets. That's right. oh. There's a Pets ride? Yeah, it's a dark ride. It's over. It's back around around uh, next to Despicable Me. I was about to say, it's gotta be it's by Despicable Me. It's completely done. They did, like, press previews and everything, and then the pandemic hit before the official opening date, and uh, it's just sitting there. Sure. <laughs> Brand new completed ride. So it's a dark ride? That's cool. It is a dark ride. It's got a bunch of animatronics. It looks really cute. It's just I don't give a shit about Secret I, Life I, I, I haven't seen it. I never I saw it. I love Secret Life of Pets. I remember you like. Well, it. Universal was hoping people did, but they didn't wait to find out that the second one wasn't going to make any money before they decided to build this whole ass ride. So. Did you say you didn't like it? Anymore? No, I do like it. Oh. The first one is definitely better than the second one, but I haven't watched either of them, so couldn't tell you. 